Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we gather this on this Friday as we traditionally look at the cross of Christ. We ask your blessing upon this day, upon our community of faith, and for our state as we continue to build after Hurricane Ida and Nicol. We ask God's blessing upon this day to strengthen us, and through this beautiful month, dedicate to our Blessed Mother under the title of Our Lady of the Rosary. And may our Blessed Mother constantly watch over us and protect us. We make this prayer then through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Very proud and honored to have Father Michael Saharsky. He is the pastor at St. Lawrence Catholic Church in Moada. Welcome to the show, Father Mike. Well, thank you for having me on this beautiful, beautiful morning. Beautiful day today. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Father Mike Saharsky. I'm a member of the Society of the Divine Word. We are a religious missionary congregation. Believe it or not, there are over 6,000 of us around the world. We are, 7, 000, we are seventh largest male religious community in the Catholic Church. I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, from the Basilica of St. Adelbert, and uh, I fell in love with the church by, by two old priests. One was learning Polish and one was learning English in my community. I'm from a very, very Polish community in Buffalo. And then we moved to the south, to Vicksburg, Mississippi, roughly around 1966, and we were founding parishioners of St. Michael's in St. Michael in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And then I took first vows in 1977 with the Society in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, at St. Augustine's, and I was ordained to the priesthood in Chicago in 1983, and I've wow. been a priest ever since. And how did you get to Louisiana? How'd you get to Cajun country? Well, my religious community uh, staffs uh, 13 uh, parishes in this diocese, actually, um, and so that's how I got here. I see. And for most of my priesthood, I'm going to be a priest 38 years, and except for six of those years, I've been in the Diocese of Lafayette. Nice, nice. Okay, so you have a big perspective that's different, I guess, being from Buffalo, New York, but what, 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 is, what is your take on the Cajun Catholic community here? here? Well, one thing I've found very much appealing is the people's faith. Uh, when I first came here 38 years ago, I have to admit the accent was much stronger, but the faith. I still remember the, the many candles being burnt, the people coming to get holy water, uh, just the faith and, and saying, you know, here we are t- together. And one thing I've always mentioned after Hurricane, I said, do you ever realize that after it's all said and done, what's keep standing? It's the statues, mm-hmm. and our faith keeps us together. Yeah, I mean, hurricanes are a way of life, I guess, here in South Louisiana. I've been here my whole life. I, I can't tell you how many I've personally been through, but uh, maybe that's why our faith is so strong. Huh? It, needs, it has to be <laughs> to get us through some of this. Uh, so, Father, tell me, uh, um, you, you have a deep faith, and obviously something that, uh, what's as far back as you can remember God really pulling on you uh, for your vocation? Well, believe it or not, when I was in the fourth grade, and this is still when the Mass is still in Latin now, with the facing the wall and all this, and I hated seafood, <laughs> and I wasn't too good with the Latin. And I still remember my, one of the nuns saying, you're never going to make it. No, no, no. <laughs> but then I watched those, like I said, watched those two little priests learning and how they struggle with us and how they came to the classroom each, almost every week to see how we were doing. 
And my pastor, rest his soul, Father Stelmach, uh, he would give out the report cards. And he would say, oh, Michael, you're doing better, or what are you doing, whatever. And it was that, that deep downness, huh? And the sisters, uh, they were rough, but they loved us greatly, huh? Yes. And uh, they, they really walked with us in everything we did, huh? Yeah, at Cathedral, you know, I remember Sister Richards and some of the <clears throat> some of the sisters there, and I was scared. And, whoo, Lord, I think for good reason. They used to beat us a little bit, you know? <laughs> well, ours didn't have to beat us, but they, but they sure looked at us. Yeah, and <laughs> they scared me. Uh, so, Father, you've been in a lot of different parishes in South Louisiana. And, I mean, tell us about just the differences between some of those places. Well, I've been in both, uh, primarily we staff the African-American parishes, but I've been in both the small, small and the large, large, large. Uh, but one thing that is very constant is the family mm-hmm. part of the parishes. Uh, when I have priests coming from like up north and I'll say uh, so-and-so, whatever, and then my sex said, oh yeah, I went to school with this and there, this, that. They said, oh my goodness, everybody knows everybody here. And again, when you go grocery shopping, Everybody knows almost every, not everybody, but almost, huh? Sure. And it's that family orientatedness that's around our, our community, huh? So I, I played a lot of softball when I was growing up and, and after college, and, and I have played softball in Moata, and it's the only softball field that I know of, and it made, I don't, you'll have to tell me if it's where the lights, the light poles are inside the fences. So if you're running in the outfield, you could kill yourself. It's still kind of that, do you, the baseball field still that way? I know they improved it before I got there, <laughs> so I couldn't tell you exactly what. But I do know they were playing baseball the other night. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, they took off my internet system. <laughs> they had taken off too many switches. Uh, but they have a, a good family type of baseball system there. Yeah. Another memory is if, if you hit a foul ball around first base and it's just a few feet over, you're in a graveyard. I mean, that's – Oh, I, Lord, I, yes. I remember that. <laughs> Very dangerous. <laughs> Oh man, so so Father, tell us, you know, um, in your what does your prayer life look like today, and is it changed over time? Uh, I've been pastor and also religious superior of the of our house of formation in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, and like I tell my young priests, I'm the oldest right now in the Americans, and I was telling them, you know, you got to have a prayer life, even since most of us live by ourselves, and you can't get away from that constant praying together, huh? Which was good because this past week when we were meeting, uh, my young priest decided that we would do the old Vada Makum, which means nothing to you. But it was our old, old prayer book of our religious community. And it was nice seeing something from the old days coming back. Mm-hmm. And one of the priests sitting next to me said, yeah, you all know all those old prayers. I said, yeah, the translation wasn't bad, but it also kept us together. huh? You mentioned you were a conservative, um, but at the same time, I know, I and maybe you're on Facebook just for your church or whatnot, but how do we mesh that old traditionalist and, and what's going on today? Is it possible? Well, that's what people get me confused. They say, you're very conservative. I listen to EWTN, which I love. and But I'm also, because I've been in the African-American community, I love long masses, yeah. which was a shock when I first came to Mowater. And because I'm used to being long with music and clapping hands and all that, and I, and I love the, the spirit that our churches have. And that spirit that, that keeps us going, huh? Yeah. And so when you go to church, it's not just going to church to, to pray, and even though that is part of it, but to experience Jesus, huh? And that's why uh, this past week we had our confirmation kids. And we have a small group. 
And I told the kids, you know, after this year is over, you have to have a Jesus experience. You just can't go to church and do your thing like a, a pay clock, huh? Mm-hmm. You have to open yourself to the Spirit of God that's in there, huh, and to the Mass. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I have been to Mass recently, in fact, a few weeks ago in, in Mermontaw and uh, some of the smaller Catholic churches around Acadiana. And it's such a different experience than, say, the cathedral in Lafayette or Fatima. Uh, but um, in, in regards to COVID, like in particular, this church I went to in the country, nobody had masks on. And, um, you know, it seems like COVID is much less of a concern in the rural areas. But what, what's, what's, the, what's the temperature out there in Mowata? Well, Mowata, five people wearing a mask, I'm, I'm doing well. But one nice thing about Mowata we have a perpetual adoration chapel. Wow. So someone's in, in our church praying every day, every hour on the hour, and this constantly reminding us of the, the rotation of life. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like the Lion King, mm-hmm. the circle of life. And I have to admit, when I first got there, hearing the bells ring every 15 minutes drove me crazy. But it's beautiful listening to those bells, calling us to worship, calling us to be still. And that's why uh, I like our masses, at least our weekday masses, uh, because they are so quiet. And that's why I tell people again, be still and know that I am God. And Mowater, if you ever come, we have got a beautiful little old German church uh, with the woodwork and all that. Very simple. There's not a lot of hope to do in there, but just the simplicity calling us to that simple way of life and prayer. And I love these little old ladies that come. Uh, to pray the rosary. Sometimes there's two, three. Sometimes there's 20. Sometimes there's even 33. It all depends what's happening during the day. But they're faithful, very faithful coming and praying that rosary, which is so appropriate now during this month of October, dedicated to Our Lady of the Rosary. That's nice. So do you have enough people to fill that that perpetual adoration y'all have? Yes. That's amazing. Right now we're short for two hours, but otherwise we're constantly there, someone coming. I mean, what a challenge to Acadiana that if Mowata, Louisiana can do perpetual adoration, you know, for me, like, wow. Because adoration is a big part of my life, and today was my day, you know, and been doing that for a long, long time. And I I, I just couldn't imagine life without that. Uh, It sets the table for everything, business, uh, home, family, everything, prayer life. Uh, uh, What would you say to someone who's never been to adoration? Well, first of all, Mowater, St. Lawrence, we only are 235 families, 235 families. And that takes a lot of work to do on the hour, on the hour. It's, it's staggering. And so that faith commitment. Yeah. And people come all hours of the night. I like, do hear the doors closing and whatever at, at, the, at the hour hour. Mm. But just that stillness. And how many times I'll meet people and they'll say, Father, that hour just went just like that. I'm saying, Lord, I hope this half hour goes like that. <laughs> but it's that their coming and their faithfulness. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Um, so what would someone, again, uh, I would ask you who's never been, or, or what do you recommend that you do in the Adoration Chapel? So well, there's never really a playbook, I find. Well, no, uh, whatever you do, well, well, first time you do come with some stuff to start praying to get yourself, because otherwise, when you sit in the quietness, because most of us don't know how to sit in quietness because everything is noise, 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 noise. Mm-hmm. How soon as you get in your car, you want to turn on the radio. Uh, come home, you turn on the radio, TV, or whatever. But just to be still mm-hmm. and know that you're in the presence of God. 
in this thing called the Eucharist. And that's why it's so important, like I told our people when we went through St. John this past uh, year, this summer, read the sixth chapter where it says, I am the bread of life. And when people started leaving Jesus, he didn't say, come on back, you misunderstood me. He said, no, I am the bread of life. Those who eat my body and drink my blood have life eternal. And then he turned to the apostles and said, are you going to leave me too? And what does Peter say? To whom shall we go? And that's why, again, we come to the Eucharist each day, every Sunday, to be fed. Fed by his word and then by his body and blood to strengthen us for our life's journey. Because as I tell people all the time, life is not always happy, happy, happy days. Mm -hmm. Sometimes life is at the crossroads station keeping. And that's why on this Friday, I'm so happy to be here on the Friday, because traditionally we look at the cross of Christ. And Jesus says, you must take up your cross each day and follow me. And following is not always easy, especially when someone's made fun of you or put stuff on Facebook about you or some social media. And then you're supposed to smile and be happy. Mm -hmm. But what does Jesus say? Pray for those persecutors. Pray for those who hurt you for me. And that's why we gather in this beautiful Friday again to remind ourselves of the love and compassion of God. Huh? Yeah, thank you, Father. So you've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Uh, I want to remind our listeners, uh, today's guest is Father Mike Saharsky. He is the pastor at St. Lawrence Catholic Church in Mowater, right near Crowley, just north of Crowley, if you've never been. And um, just a, it sounds like a, like a little slice of heaven. That's what it sounds like. Oh, yes. Highway 13 <laughs> between Crowley and Eunice. All right. Uh, so, Father, uh, I'll ask you some crazy questions. So, one would be for me, like, with COVID, are we ever going to see the blood of Christ to come, come back into the Catholic Church? Is that something that we can, you see any future in, you know, with the COVID situation? You mean with the chalice? Yes, yes. I don't see that, uh, no, at least I, for another year and a half. Wow. I miss it. People are going to be too afraid. Yeah. It's uh, something that I miss dearly. I, I know. And, and I get... The finger waved at me because, like, it's the body of Christ is everything. You don't need you don't need the blood, you know. But it's just something that that's with me. So, is there a is there a particular Bible verse or or character that you get a little excited about when when those are one of the readings? Some of your favorites. Well, uh, come to me, all you find life burnsome, and I'll refresh you. Because how often do we do find life burnsome and tiresome? How many times I tell the people I come home, I say, Lord Jesus. The stuff I do for you, if I knew this before, I'm not too sure, but God has always given away. And the other one, as you've heard him so often already during this program, be still and know that I'm God. And that's why, again, Jesus tells be still, because when you know you got the fog, you got the dust, you don't see the hand of God. And then when you, when you get calm and let the water, it's amazing how you see God working in your life. I know through my 38 years of life, of of priesthood, uh, and then this year uh, has been a struggle health-wise. Uh, the first Sunday of Lent, I never thought I'd live my gospel or my sermon. I told the people, since I'm new, instead of giving up candy for Lent, let's look at our lives. That first Sunday of Lent, they found me on the floor. Mm. I was rushed to the hospital. I was on a respirator for three days, and I ended up in the hospital for 13 weeks. I had to learn how to walk again, to eat again. And as you saw me coming here, I don't walk too fast yet, but I'm getting there. But in all that, I learned how to say, again, be still and know. And then I kept 
saying, okay, God, you got to help me. And Jesus says, I am helping you. Be still. And the other one, uh, as Mary tells us at the wedding feast of Cana, do whatever he tells you. True devotion to Mary never points to her. It always points to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then, as I mentioned often already during this program, the sixth chapter of John, I am the bread of life. And that's why I go to Mass every day uh, to receive him. And I tell people, one thing you don't hear, which I do hear, when I break that host and I hear that crack, I know it's the body cracked for me, broken for me, for you. And there's Jesus who wants us to have life and life to the fullest. And that all he says is, come to me and say the word and I shall be healed. And that's why we say the same words of the Roman centurion. But today we have to come with a humble heart. I come from a generation where, and many of people who are listening to this program, on Saturdays we had tons and tons and tons of people going to confession. And very few people going to communion. But now we have the opposite today. (laughs) Now we have everybody going to communion and no one going to confession. Because we're afraid what people are going to say. Oh, oh, so-and-so is not going to communion. I wonder what they did. (laughs) You know, to me, I don't worry about what people think about me. I worry about more so what God thinks about me. And that's why when you go to communion, none of us are perfect. Oh, if my cat Tabby could talk, oh, Lord, she knows (laughs) I'm not perfect. But that's the beauty of God. He takes us for who we are. Yeah, you know, for me, when I see someone walk up to communion, an adult, and cross their arms, it's, wow, I always think, what a faithful person, you know, I... I, I would have a struggle not going to communion, and um, and and for all the reasons you just described, you know, whether it's embarrassment or whatever. But you know, I I am always impressed by those people. You know, like wow, that's that's such a de- deep devotion to the Eucharist, and it's the right thing to do, right? Uh, but um, you don't see it as much. But with the kids, I see it a lot, and with the youth, I find that they really have a a lust for confession, if that's if that can be a word. Uh, the the youth today I find at the schools the Catholic schools in Lafayette here they love confession I don't know if you've experienced that with the youth from your area when I first came to Mowar that's what blew my mind young people in their early 20s late teens coming to daily confession each day and waiting for me it's like who are you people (laughs) (laughs) and the young ones and uh, some of the stuff uh, but opening themselves. And then what you mentioned, what also blew my mind, young people who would come to communion with their hands crossed because they know they're not ready. And I say that because a couple of Sundays now, I've been talking about uh, marriages and what is a Catholic marriage. And if you're not married in church or been dispensed by the bishop. And it's amazing how, how many people are opening their lives to what are, are the sacramental life of our church. Yeah, that's beautiful stuff, you know. I'm sure that you've had many God winks in your life. You know, at Curcio, we call those pings. But share some of the stories, you know, where you just know God God is, is real. Oh, when I first went to Papua New Guinea, like I mentioned, my, my religious community is a missionary congregation. And we stomp our education in our latter years of, of uh, seminary life between the second and third year of, of theology to go to the missions. And so I was sent to Papua New Guinea, to the highlands, and uh, seeing the people's deep faith. And I'll never forget my first uh, Holy Saturday. And 
the people had come with their little torches, as you see on TV. And after the mass was over, the catechist, the priest, and a lay missionary, we were sat on the front lawn of the church. You have to know the highlands of Papua New Guinea. As the people left with their little torches, I said, well, we can go to home, to our house now. She said, no, no, sit here, you have to wait. I said, for what? She said, just sit here and wait. And it was like, it was beautiful. All of a sudden you saw the, the torches disappearing. Around 20, 30 minutes later, on the other side of the mountain, you see the torches coming back. I said, Lord, that was the Easter vigil, the light of Christ being sent out into the darkness, back to their villages. Talk about holiness, huh? Mm, that's awesome. And, and, and just for our geogra- geographically challenged people like myself, New Guinea, is that Australia? Like Australia? Right above Australia. Yeah, okay. I, I'm proud of myself for that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. I think those, those stories strengthen our listeners so much, you know, when the Holy Spirit sort of just grabs a hold of you. I'm sure you've had so many. Also, going back to Papua New Guinea, to Mount Hagen, where I was, we have a, a religious brother now from Papua New Guinea in our province, and he was in the parish I was. Uh, he wasn't born yet. Uh, and it was so beautiful seeing Brother David. I said, oh, my God, wow. something like my, my work that being done there. And as I mentioned, you know, we're missionaries, and I've been both house superior and pastor, and watching the people's faith. And the story I, I love when I was first ordained in St. Martinville, and this lady was coming out of the church with two gallons of holy water, being totally uh, not knowing what the culture of the area I said, Maman, what you doing? <laughs> she says, Oh, Pierre, I'm making coffee. I said, Coffee? Coffee for who? And she says, Oh, Pierre, for my husband. I said, For your husband? I'm, t- totally, I'm truly not knowing what she's going to go with. <laughs> and she said, I said, For your husband? She said, Oh, yeah, Pierre. I said, Why? She get the devil out of him. <laughs> so she was really using holy water to get the devil out. Oh, man. But I'm talking about the simplicity of faith. And that's what I want to hint at, the faith that's here that is that's kept us alive for all these thousands of years, well, years. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to keep us going still, huh? Yeah, it's a special place. And, I, I, you know, uh, when we say the faith in many other places in the country, and you've traveled a lot, uh, is wide. The Catholic faith can be very wide. And, and I've traveled, I've had the good fortune to go to many churches. Uh, but, but here in South Louisiana, it's deep. It's 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 deep. It's different. People want more. I think I find. Oh know. yeah, just like the coming up of All Saints and All Souls Day, and watching the old people. I hate to say the old people, but going to the cemeteries and now cleaning those cemeteries, and the respect for the elders, the dead, and that faith life, uh, and and watching this, and then bringing little kids, their grandchildren, uh, keeping up the tradition. Unfortunately. Uh, I don't see it as much as it was when I was 38 years ago with all the flowers. But you see still the trans, transmission of the communities, just whatever. And I already were getting phone calls already. Father, what time is the blessing for the graves? I said, <laughs> Lord, I still got a whole month. But they're getting ready. Have you been to the Holy Land? Uh, no, I thought this was the Holy Land. <laughs> it is, of course, of course it is. I did learn uh, when I was there, I went one time, but uh, that Jerusalem was also known as the Hub City. And I thought that was pretty interesting that we're right here in Lafayette, right? We got the same thing going on. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> For sure. So just a couple of minutes left on the show, Father. Uh, what, what do you want your legacy to be in your life? Well, like I tell people, I'm not into building. 
of things, even though a lot of priests think you're supposed to build a hall or whatever. Now, we are planning to build a hall in, in, in Mo Water, so hello, <laughs> if you want to donate, we're, we're looking you, for you'll accept donations. those donations. We'll accept. Yes. Uh, but the faith, and that's why I keep telling, uh, whenever I leave, there are three devotions that I, I'm very strict on or love. One is the cross, and uh, my housekeeper says, why we got all these crucifixes? I said, because that's where we find salvation. The other is the Blessed Mother. Uh, I have a devotion to Our Lady of Shastahava, which is the Black Madonna of Poland. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she is everywhere in the house right now. And then the other was the Eucharist. Because without the Eucharist, we have no life. And to be single, hello, if that's not really Jesus, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> but I do find life and the simplicity. And I tell the people, I said, when I say Mass, particularly when I'm in other communities, I said, you realize how lively, lively I am at the, at the Psalm and the Gospels and all that stuff and the Hermann, da, da, da. I said, but do you realize how, the, once you get to the Eucharistic part, I slow down. I say the words very slowly because it's very important that we get into the presence of God. And then we go to communion, to genuflect, to bow your head. And then when you go back to your pew, don't get involved with the music. Talk to him. Share your life because he wants to share his life with you. And then as I tell people, do not rush out of church. Most people are rushing out of church to go nowhere. In fact, the only time I almost got hit in the, in the parking lot was in a Catholic <laughs> church parking lot. So be still and experience Jesus. I think the theme today, for sure, I've heard you say it so many times, is be still, right, and know that I'm with you. I, I'm paying attention right here. Uh, that's something that I need in my prayer life, for sure. I, I was working out recently, and that's sort of when I get my prayer time, and, <clears throat> and I stress about work and, and all the things going on in my life. And God just said similar to me, hey, just just dedicate yourself to me during the day. Follow me, and everything's going to be fine. We're gonna, I'm going to take care of the rest. Yep. Yeah, I think that's the way my theme for sure so uh again um like i said just a minute here left on the show father just been a blessing to all of us i i get the great fortune of seeing father often here at the dealership when he comes in and um you know everyone's always happy to see you when you come in and uh, bring a lot of life to the store and uh i thank you for what you what you do oh i sure thank you yeah just been a real blessing so uh tell me one more we got just a minute i'd like you to tell me more about that madonna that what's that story in the Polish community, believe it or not, we've always had a black Mary and Jesus, Our Lady of Shostakova. Uh, in the, we sing a hymn, Charna Madonna, our lovely black mother. And Poland was saved through this image of Our Lady of Shostakova when the Muslims tried to attack Poland and destroy Christianity. If you look at her picture, she is an icon, and she has two slashes on her right cheek. That's why Our Lady of Sorrows is very important for us. And we believe that she saved us from destruction and kept our country together, our nation together. And we come, every good Polish home, every good Polish home will have that picture icon. And to remind ourselves of this beautiful lady, I have a Polish, real Polish priest at Immaculate Mary right now, so he's correcting my Polish at times. <laughs> and we were singing the uh, song, Sedaszka Matko, which is, again, a hymn that we used to sing, always oh, still sing in the Polish churches of this beautiful mother. And as I mentioned yesterday in church, how many of us when we were little and it was a storm, we go, mommy, mommy, mommy. And our mother watched over us. And so we come to this beautiful image of a mother who is hurt and yet she's still there 
to hold us. And that's why this image of Our Lady Shastahava is so important for us as a Polish community to remind ourselves of this loving mother who embraced Jesus. Thank you so much for sharing that. Today's edition was the Polish Cajun Catholics, which was awesome. And, uh, thank you, Father, for being here. You're a blessing to all of us. I love you. God bless you. Oh, God, thank you. God bless. All right. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Always uh, engage, you to cage, engage the Cajun Catholic community. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.